Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Monday, February 15th, and I am really glad that you're here today. I've got several things on my heart. Clearly, if you've been paying attention to the news, you heard that Justice Antonin Scalia died on Saturday in uh, San Antonio. And uh, I was walking through the mall with my husband when I got a little notification on my phone that he died, and and I kind of felt my my heart sink a little bit. And uh, I wanted to read for you just a couple of quotes that I read about the justice. Uh, For those of you who aren't familiar with him, he was appointed in 1986 by President Ronald Reagan. He was a conservative. He was a defender of traditional marriage. He was a defender of the unborn. I read on a news article online that Justice Anthony Scalia was a man of God, a patriot, and an unwavering defender of the written constitution and the rule of law. He was the solid rock who turned away so many attempts to depart from and distort the Constitution, Texas Governor Greg Abbott said in a statement. We mourn his passing, and we pray that his successor on the Supreme Court will take his place as a champion for the written Constitution and the rule of law. Indeed, he was a defender of the Constitution. He was quoted as saying, the Constitution is not a living organism. It is a legal document, and it says what it says, and it doesn't say what it doesn't say. Justice Scalia was definitely a lion, and uh, he will be sorely missed. What a legacy he's leaving behind. Also, obviously, uh, we need to be in prayer for our nation. This is a big deal. Many of you know that presidents uh, in the United States are the ones who appoint Supreme Court justices. They are appointed for life, and uh, there's no doubt that President Obama is going to at least bring forth a nomination or bring forth a nominee. He'll be trying to uh, replace Justice Scalia. So we need to be in prayer uh, for the future of our nation. So much hangs in the balance now. And certainly uh, this upcoming election is going to determine a new president, but also there are many seats in the Senate and the Congress uh, that need to be prayed over. And so much uh, that we're seeing happening around us now. We're watching the tide shifting in the culture. I had the opportunity to talk to my mom the other night on the phone, and uh, I said to her, I wonder if this is going to be remembered as a time, if we're if this time in history, if people will look back and say, you know, that was the end of an era, much like, you know, you can kind of follow a timeline and there's, you know, the, the Renaissance and um, there are different, um, eras on our timeline. I wonder if this era, the age of the the church, if this, if people, if historians will look back and say, we saw a cosmic shift happening right around this time in history, and it seems to me that that's certainly what is happening. I, for one, am going to be on my knees in prayer for this nation, in prayer for our children, in prayer for our teachers and our pastors. Uh, we need the Lord more than we have ever needed Him before in this country. Um, Speaking of needing the Lord, I'm going to be doing my one and only women's conference in the Pacific Northwest for 2016, uh, coming right up, February 26th and 27th. We are filling up, and if you have not registered, please go ahead and do that. You can register at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash come away. I had a woman ask me the other day what we are going to be talking about, what is the purpose of it, and really my purpose is to equip women to teach their children how to walk um, as set apart in this generation. I think we have been given an incredible opportunity to walk in a way that is pleasing to the Lord, to be a light in a dark place, 
And I'm going to be talking to moms about how to do that because I believe we are training up a generation of kids who are going to be facing things that we can't even comprehend right now. And so the conference is called Fearless because I'm going to be talking a lot about fear. I've uh, Many of you have heard me talk about that. I've grown up in an environment that was fearful for me. I've dealt with fear my entire life. I believe that what the Bible says in Timothy is true, that fear is a spirit. And so we're going to be talking about that. And certainly no better time than right now to learn what the Bible has to say about your role in the culture and how God would have us live in such a time as this. So if you have not signed up yet, go ahead and do that. If you've already signed up, uh, when you come, bring your Bible, bring a notebook, bring highlighters, and come ready to just meet with the Lord. We're going to have awesome worship. It's going to be a weekend that you will not forget. Also, want to remind you that we are doing scripture writing. We are halfway through the month of February. I can't believe it. And uh, that's going really well. So we've been uh, going through verses on love, what God has to say about His love, how we're supposed to love each other, how we're supposed to love our children, and just what the love of God means in the life of a believer. So it's not too late to get in. Uh, you don't have to feel like, oh, you missed out on the first half of the month, so you're not going to finish up. Don't do that. Um, hop in. Just uh, You can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash scripture writing, look at the date, and then write out the scripture that's next to it. I always encourage moms, especially when you're sitting down to write, to read um, the passages that comes before and the passages that come after and spend a little bit of time reading before you write out that scripture passage. The writing is actually, they're kind of short uh, passages because I don't want you to be discouraged. I want you to be in the word of God. But to be able to put them in context, it's important to be able to read the scripture um, in its entirety. So read the entire chapter if you can. But I think uh, you will really be blessed. We're hearing really great feedback. All right, I wanna talk today in light especially of what has happened this past weekend uh, with the death of Justice Scalia, um, about what our responsibility is as Christian parents. I posted on Facebook um, on Saturday just a warning to parents. I said that uh, there was a new movie coming out. Many of you guys saw this post. If you didn't see it, you might want to go back and uh, look and see what I wrote. But I was trying to warn parents about a Marvel movie that has just come out called Deadpool. Now, I've never heard of Deadpool before. I'm not really, I'm not one of those hip moms that reads comic books, apparently. And so I was just in my bathroom getting ready to go for the day, and I heard a commercial come on uh, the radio. And they were talking about this new Marvel comic uh, that had been made into a movie. And I thought, oh, man, my kids are going to want to see that. And so I did what I think any reasonable parent should do when uh a new movie comes out, I went and I looked up reviews on the movie, and I was shocked to find that this movie is not for kids. Now, a lot of you listening to this are going to go, hey, it's rated R. What did you expect? Well, I guess I just didn't expect it to be rated R. I think that was the first thing that caught me off guard. I was thinking, you know, Marvel, um, Iron Man, you know, Superman. And I wasn't thinking... Um, uh, I wasn't thinking of on this scale at all. And so I posted just really casually before I ran out the door. I thought, man, I bet you, because this this was the weekend that Deadpool opened, I bet you there's other parents who, who, like me, had never heard of the movie. And if their kid said, hey, mom, there's a new superhero movie out, can I go see it, would just sort of casually say, oh, yeah, go ahead. So I, I posted the review from Rotten Tomatoes, which was actually – um, probably one of the more mellow reviews to read. If you go to Plugged In Online or some of the other places, they, they go into much more uh, graphic detail about why this movie's not for kids. But I said, 
um, don't let your kids go see this movie. This is what uh, Rotten Tomatoes had to say. Uh, They said, okay, so we don't usually talk about R-rated movies here in the parental guidance section. Usually it's pretty clear. If it's rated R, it's an R. But your kids are probably familiar with the Deadpool character, and they're probably begging you to take them to see this. Resist. Just say no. Um, In the movie are scenes of gratuitous, splattery violence, anal sex, comic abuse of the blind, full frontal nudity, and more. Deadpool is indeed super funny, the review says, and even cute at times, but it's definitely not for kids. Marvel went for it this time and delivered a hard R movie. It's based on one of its comic book characters. It's not your typical PG-13 blockbuster violence. It's graphic with real blood and real stakes as the mercenary Deadpool. And then I ended it by saying, sounds to me like it's not only not for kids, it's not for anyone. And I think that was where um, I didn't expect the backlash to come. And so I'm going to, I want to just read to you out of Ephesians about what the Bible says that we are supposed to be as believers. So I'm not talking, for those of you who are listening to me today and you are not a believer, you don't you don't believe in Jesus, you haven't accepted him into your heart and into your life, I'm, this isn't for you. This is for those of you who are listening to me who have accepted the Lord as your Savior and are wanting to do exactly what the Bible says, which is to be an imitator of God. In Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul um, talking to the church at Ephesus says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immorality or any impure or greed must not be named among you as is proper among saints. And he's saying, that's he's saying as is proper among Uh, you as believers, all right? There must be no filthiness, no silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather the giving of thanks. For this you will know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an adulterer or has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience." Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly in darkness, but now you are the light. You are light in the Lord. So walk as children of the light, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead, um, even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of things which are done by them in secret. By all things, be, but all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, awake sleeper and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Verse 15, be careful therefore how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. You know, it's important for us as parents, obviously, to be um, shepherding our children, and certainly, you know, we're not going to be taking them to movies, I hope, uh, which which are portraying the kinds of things uh, that you just heard me talk about in this movie. But what alarmed me was the backlash that I got from parents who felt that I was judging them by saying, don't go see this movie. And so I guess I just want to ask you today to be thinking about what it means as believers to be set apart for the kingdom. What does it mean to imitate Christ? If he says in his word that we are to walk as children of light and not not partake in wickedness at all, I'm pretty sure that includes not going and uh, letting your mind be filled with things like what's on the screen at Deadpool. I was speaking to someone today who went to see it, actually went and saw the movie and said that there were 10-year-olds 
in that movie. And I'm sure the parents, just like me, were just thinking, hey, it's a superhero movie. But when something comes on a screen like that, and you just think, man, this is violating my conscience. This is not something I want to participate in, something that is not, it's not pleasing the Lord. That's when you get up and you walk out. I will never forget the first time that Jay and I, uh, my husband, and I walked out of a movie. It was years and years ago. And we're just more judicious now <laughs> with the movies that we actually pay to go and see. Um, but we were sitting in there, and we had been given free tickets to a screening of a movie that had come to Portland. And we were, you know, we were very young uh, in the in the ministry, so that translates into also being very broke. So we were thinking, this is awesome. We got movie tickets, and we're sitting in there. And within about fifteen minutes, we were like, "This is like our our consciences were just troubled." And women, if if you have uh, the Holy, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, and we are supposed to be listening to His still small voice, so that we know what kinds of things we're supposed to be watching. How can we, as parents, tell our children? And this is what I heard over and over on my Facebook page, and this is why um, it was so alarming to me. So many parents saying, "Well, I don't want my kids to see that, but I am definitely going to go see it." And I was thinking. All right. I mean, I I understand there are movies that are made for kids and movies that are made for adults, and I'm not saying that the world should revolve around our children, but certainly if something is as raunchy as that, why do we even want our own eyes to see it? Why are we saying, no, kids, don't do as I do, do as I say? Our children are not going to be doing what we say. They're going to be doing what we do. And the Bible says we are supposed to be imitators of Christ. It is so important for you as parents to really get this deep, you know, down deep in your heart. The Bible has so much to say about walking with the Lord and staying pure and and uh, walking in righteousness before the Lord. David, King David faced so much in his life of persecution and danger, and he did not live a life that was um, 100% righteous, right? The dude had some serious problems, adultery and murder being chief among them. But listen to what he says in the Psalms. I think one of the reasons that God said that David was a man after his own heart was because David, when he recognized that he did something wrong, he went back and he he repented and he strove to make it right. He wanted to walk with the Lord. We are always at war with our flesh, aren't we? So listen to what David said in Psalm 25. He said, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me for you are my God, my savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Guard my life and rescue me. Let me not be put to shame for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope is in you. And I love this in Psalm 14. He says, set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Let my heart not be drawn into what is evil. To take part in wicked deeds with men who are evildoers, let me not eat of their delicacies. It was kind of... um, uh, it was a kind of praying that we Christians, what David is doing is something that we need to learn to do as believers. David is saying, Lord, set a guard over my, mouth, over my mouth. He's recognizing he can't do it on his own. He needs the Lord's help. He's saying, my hope is in you. Please guide me. Please show me your paths. Please uh, teach me from your word. And if we are going to allow ourselves to be pulled into what we know is wicked and we know is wrong, how can we teach our children to walk in a way that is pleasing before the Lord? The Bible is not just there for you to read on occasion. The Bible is life-giving for you. And walking with the Lord requires that we learn it and that we understand it so that we can give a defense for what we believe. 
The Bible says that we are supposed to be prepared in season and out of season to give a testimony to the hope that lies within us. And I want to ask you today just to be thinking, what is it in your life that someone can look at you and say, boy, whatever that is that that person has, I want that. If we're not living lives that that um, speak to the sacrifice and the hope, the the sacrifice of Jesus and the hope that we have inside of us, because we know that when this life is over, we're going to go to heaven to be with the Lord. Then we're living what Philip Yancey called cheap grace, meaning we want the reward and the benefit of knowing that we've been saved and knowing that we're going to go to heaven, but we don't want to actually live in a way that pleases the Lord. So I guess I want to leave you today just with, if you get an opportunity, look up Ephesians 5, open your Bible to Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5, ink it up, get out your highlighter, ask the Lord to really encourage you to be able to take a stand for righteousness in this generation. Because someday soon, the Lord's going to come back and we are, the Bible says, going to give an account for the way that we lived our lives. And I, I love to sit here and tell you guys that I do it perfectly. And all you got to believe me, all you got to do is ask my kids and they will be happy to tell you that that is not the case. But I think I want to encourage us to a standard of righteousness. We're supposed to be encouraging each other as iron sharpens iron. That means that we say, boy, you know what? That looks like it might be a good story. But it's not really worth abusing uh, my conscience or dishonoring, bringing dishonor to the Lord. And that's really what we're doing as we walk out our lives before those around us. We're either bringing honor or bringing dishonor to the Lord. Think about that with me today. And as, as I pray for our nation, I hope you too will join me in praying. We need restoration. We need revival. We need more Jesus in our nation. I'll see you back here next time. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.